Welcome to Fans Assemble, where we come together to talk about all the things we fan over, like comic books, movies, sports, or anything else that we love. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey everybody, Mike, and we're here with a special edition of the podcast. Uh, I'd just like to introduce my good friend, Sal. Hey, it's nice to be on. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. And today we're going to cover something a little different. Instead of uh, you know, the Marvel Universe and UFC, we're going to take on something new in the world of sports, something that uh, Sal and I are very passionate about. And for us, that's uh, uh, cultural and Italian, which, you know, soccer, football, whatever term you want to use. Um, and today we're going to be breaking down and covering uh, the match day from this prior weekend, Saturday, Sunday, and today's game, uh, the sixth week of the season. And so far, it has been a very, very, very um, chaotic season. A lot of ups and downs. No teams kind of cemented themselves as like a clear dominant favorite. Everyone's been been finding their difficulties. So it's been a very a season marked by parity. Been very interesting and uh, very enjoyable. Stressful if you're a fan of one of the top clubs, but a very, very, very interesting season so far. So our first game of this week was Napoli, the Southern Italian side, playing Ligurian side, Spezia, in Saturday morning's opening. And Napoli won this match 1-0. As we know, any side managed by Luca Gotti is going to be a very defensive-focused side. He's going to make it very difficult for you to find your goal. And with the congestion, the calendar from the Champions League, um, you know, and missing, you know, star young striker Osimhen, Napoli was in a tough position to find goals. Um, they had a lot of uh, a lot of good performances on the pitch, um, but it took a late winner from the young Italian Gianluca Raspadori to win the match late in the game in the upper 80th minute, and. You know, and that's really a big compliment for, for Italian fans in general because he's kind of this promising young star. And it was a really big moment for him and his confidence as he's adjusting to the new side. And uh, so I just want to say, Sal, what, what did you take away from this match? Well, it's a Southern Italian. It is nice to see uh, a Southern Italian team at the top of the league table. And uh, it's great to see, like you said, Raspadori getting the goal. Uh, was that his first goal for Napoli? Um, yes, it was. Um, that's great. Yeah, hopefully uh, he can get some minutes in uh, since Osimhen is out for about a month or so. Uh, him and him and Gio Simeone competing for that spot. That's really good for Napoli. Um, I think uh, assuming they can actually maintain this consistency, this could be Napoli's year. You know, um, all the top sides seem to be in a bit of a scramble. Napoli are getting these grindy 1-0 wins that we saw Inter getting with Conte and Juve getting all of those years with Allegri and also with Conte. Um, if Napoli can keep this up, they uh, they don't have too many crazy injuries. I think Spalletti can lead them to, uh, to the title this year. Yeah, it feels like, you know, we always, you know, last year Napoli was a surprise, right? They had missed the Champions League. On the final match, they heartbreaking fashion. I don't think anybody went into last season thinking they're a title contender. But they ended up hanging in it 
you know, uh, Milan Napoli obviously had the strong start. Um, and now kind of in this year, they kind of, you know, and we saw them thrash Liverpool in the Champions League. So, like, there's a lot of hype around Napoli. I think it's hard to see them and hard to believe in them to win the title because, um, you know, we see last year and going back to the year they challenged Juventus. Um, it's hard to really believe in them to win the title, right? It almost just kind of seems like, you know, every year you go into the season, right? And it's like, you know, even though Juventus hasn't won it in, in a few seasons now, right? Like, it's always like you go into the season, right? The betting on are always Juventus, Inter, and Milan, right? And um, right now, and as, as the favorites to win the title. And it's just like, it feels like no one else can actually do it. So I think it would be a really, really big shakeup to the league. But it's way too early to know, you know, this congestion, the calendar, injury threats, and whatnot. But I think Napoli poses as a side that that has a lot of promise. They're right? bringing in Rafael the excitement, right? I mean, they signed Kavar from the Georgian League for a very, very minuscule amount of money, and he's so far been a, a class talent. I mean, performing skills and dribbles that we haven't really seen in a while in the league. And right now, it looks like no one could stop him. Um, and now the emergence of Raspadori coming on and scoring a late winner. If he can find his confidence, um, they're going to be dangerous in the attack. And and that was the thing, like, can they replace Koulibaly? And who went on to Chelsea? And, you know, everyone was like, oh, they're going to be doomed. They're going to come fall out of the top four. They're not going to get out of the group of the Champions League. And, and now they've kind of thrown all the, you know, everyone upside down. So they're really interesting side to watch. Um, but right now, I just, you know, I can't say, like, with confidence, like, this is title. And on that note, I think it would be interesting to move on to the, uh, to the fate of, of Inter Milan um, with the match with Torino. Because, you know, as, as I've been saying all year, that Inter is kind of my favorite to win the league. And I think a lot of people just feel that way. Um, on paper, they're the strongest team. They have the least amount of weaknesses uh, of any team in the league. Um, they have very good talent in the midfield, defensively, both young and veteran alike. Um, obviously, the biggest controversy they have right now is in goal, which is the funny part, right? Because you got this older Samir Handanovic, who's a club legend and loyal. Um, but he's had his struggles, although he bounced back with a phenomenal performance in this game. And was a big reason why they were able to win. Um, we saw that late. You know, it was one of those games where, you know, a very, very disciplined side under Ivan Juric for Torino tried, tried, tried to hold on. But eventually Inter and Brozovic just takes a beautiful one out of the air. They win the match. So I, I just, you know, to ask you, Sal, um, what do you think of Inter season so far? Do you think they're you think that they're they're you know, we saw them lose to Lazio, we saw them almost draw Lecce, we see them in this match, nearly draw to Torino. Uh do you think that this is a sign that Inter is is, is slowing down, in trouble maybe, not you know or, or do you think that they're gonna get going and then make a run for the title? Well, 
Yeah, interseason. Um, when you look at it just on its own, uh, four wins and two losses in, in the first six matches aren't particularly terrible, but that does keep them in sixth place at the moment, which I think is much lower than uh, expected. Um, yeah, their season is a bit interesting. When you look at their attack, they have great options in Lautaro and Correa on, uh, as the shadow striker and Jekko and Lukaku as the main target man striker. That's, that's a phenomenal attack. And to see them getting all these late scrappy goals, uh, albeit they still have uh, amazing players in every part of the pitch. I think Brozovic is one of the best midfielders in the world, let alone in the Serie A. Uh, Dom Fries and um, as well as uh, all their other wingbacks are terrific. Um, but it is a bit of a strange start for them. I did expect them to be a little bit more dominant. Uh, it kind of calls Simone Inzaghi into question a little bit because his substitutions have been a bit shocking. Uh, he doesn't seem to read the match uh, terrifically, uh, but he, tactically he is fantastic. Uh, last season, it was a little bit of, the, of a shocker with uh, losing to, I think it was Bologna so late into the season and Milan snuck in and won. Um, I am expecting a little bit better, you know, in terms of just four wins is not bad but they need to have more um i guess dominant performances they need to be winning their games much more convincingly than they have been yeah i think those are a lot of good points but it's almost like nobody's winning their games in in consistently in convincing fashion so far so it's kind of like i mean right they're they're in a sixth place start after after you know six match days but it's only two points, right? That's the thing. And if you look, you know, they're two points for Napoli, Atalanta, and Milan. So it's kind of like, well, this isn't like a – I think bailing themselves out against Lecce and now Torino and getting those late winners, if they didn't get those points, that's four points right there, and they're six points behind already, that puts a lot of uh, skepticism. But for right now, I think they're well in this, and I think they'll figure themselves out. Um but it will be interesting because they're going to have to reincorporate Lukaku into the attack because he's been out injured and he's missed the last two matches. So, you know, because there's still the question mark, like how good is Lukaku going to be after having a very, you know, uh, you know how good he was. But he went to Chelsea, had his struggles there. And, you know, we still don't know. Will Lukaku make them better? Or will he make them worse? And that's a really interesting thing that I think no one's really talking about. They're too kind of fixated on, on just the fact that they're, you know, Inzaghi substitutions and, dealing with the Champions League congestion. They've had a little bit of defensive struggles, which is very uncharacteristic, right? Um, but then again, that's also a product of world-class play, right? We saw in the Derby um, from Real and whatnot. So, so there's, there's a lot of questions about Inter, but I, 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 anybody who's sitting here saying that they're not so good and they're off to a catastrophic start, all you have to do is look at the table and if you're a fan of anybody ahead of them in the table or slightly behind, you have to worry about them. They are, they are, like I said, this is a very open title race right now. Uh, obviously, Napoli, Milan, if Juventus can get healthy and, and gather this funk of draws, um, I don't know, off to a great start. Very, very interesting federation, but Inter is well in this. And anybody who's saying they're done or falling off, way too early to say that. Just That's like we're too early to say Napoli is cruising for the title. 
Absolutely. Just to make one more point with Inter getting all these scrappy wins, we saw that during those years of Juventus, uh, they would always have slow starts this season. Uh, the season where they went 15 games, uh, uh, 15 wins in a row, they were hovering above relegation during the early part of that season. So it can change once they get consistent form and get in the right headspace. That can be all the difference they need to uh, to get some momentum. Right, and we also don't know too, like what happens if they don't get out of their group in the Champions League. Um, I mean, I think they'll finish third at the minimum. I, I don't see you know Victoria Pizan, you know, getting getting third ahead of them. But you know, if they find themselves in a position where they're, you know, not playing in the Champions League further after the group stage and they go down to Europa League due to Barcelona and Bayern being better, you know, they, they might not take that so seriously, play a lot of, you know, bench players and whatnot and have more focus on the, you know, domestic side. Whereas if Milan, Napoli, Juventus get through their groups and they don't, um, they're going to have a lot more focus domestically and that could give them an advantage for, you know, certain weeks in season and give them an edge in the table. So, they are still in this race, and, and I think people need to, to take some breaths and, and, and stay tuned. So now moving on, right, the, uh, in the city of Milan, on the other side, the Sun Zero, you know, we saw a very, very, very interesting matchup, right, whereas, you know, the defending champions, Milan, in this situation where they're going up against Doria, they're, they're the squad with, you know, the talent that they have at certain positions defensively. Tamori, Kalulu, Teo Hernandez, Mike Mignan, Ngolo, uh, Benesek, Benali, Leal, Giroud. And most of these talents are, are so young and they're just going to keep getting better. Like, the team has tremendous talent. That's the reason why they were able to win the title. But they lack a certain depth quality on the bench, although we saw a better game from Vega and see a score of goal, but we see Yeah, Milan are in quite a weird situation. Their transfer window was pretty shocking considering they were the champions of Italy. Um, not securing anyone on the right wing is a quite a shocker to go into the season again with Macias and Salamakers. Um, it's definitely going to be difficult for them to manage multiple competitions um, and try and push to repeat winning the title when they didn't make significant improvements. Um, if anything, they really stayed more of the same in terms of quality. Uh, De Ketelar seems like he's a great signing. Um your only number 10, I believe, was Brahim Diaz, who is good, but definitely is still a bit raw and has some needs more time to grow. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting to see what will happen with Milan. I know you were just bought out by uh, Red Redbird, it's whoever owns the Yankees, and maybe in future windows they'll invest a little more. But at the moment, not building on this team – uh, losing Kessier and not really replacing him and just trusting in Tenali and Benacer, while they're great options. Um, yeah, it doesn't really scream, uh, doesn't really bode well for what's to come. 
Uh, I still would put them in the running. They're still winning their games. They are still doing well. They are third in the league table, four wins, two draws. So they're still unbeaten alongside Atlanta and Napoli. Um, but it is, um, yeah, if I was a fan, I wouldn't be thrilled with the activity. Um, hopefully, you know, Milan does well, gets out of their Champions League group, and um, they can try and fight for the title. I still believe that's in the realm of possibility. So now to talk about probably what was the most controversial match of the week, the uh, absolutely insane 2-2 draw that occurred in Torino between Juventus and Salernitana. Um, you know, Juventus has been under a lot of fire over their performance this season, especially the managerial performance of Max Allegri. Um, a lot of question about his willingness to attack and all the draws they've been facing. I um, mean, today, you know, this is a match they were down. They get back into it. They score an apparent winner. It goes to VAR. And VAR overturns it despite the fact that it looked like it was, a, you know, a good goal. So this was a really, really frustrating result if you're a Juventus fan. Um, after coming back like that and just having it taken away. Um, I think... For the case, you know, Juventus has had struggles after winning nine titles in a row. The last two seasons, they've had their struggles just to finish in the top four, um, despite having Cristiano Ronaldo for one of those seasons. Um, last year, um, struggling to make it well to get back to the Champions League. They haven't been in title contention. We're seeing these embarrassing results so far to start the season, all the criticism of Allegri. Um, some question marks on the pitch, injuries, Pogba not even being able to play due to injury, Di Maria not being able to stay on the field. Um, obviously, they missed Chiesa due to injury, which is a big, big loss for their attack. Vlavic not getting the service he needs in order to be the goal-scoring threat. How do you feel about Juventus? Do you think they still have the ability to turn around their season, finish top four, or even push for the title? Uh, pushing for the title is much trickier. Um, it is so much of a toss-up that you never know. Juventus have come back from further historically. Uh, but the league is also much stronger than it was. So I don't expect them to push for the title this year. Um, Juventus really are in a weird spot. They are wildly inconsistent this season with some dominant wins even some dominant losses and great games, um, and then some horrible wins and terrible draws. Um, it's very all over the place. And I think a large part of that is the constant injuries. Like you said to Di Maria, who's been in and out of the team. Pogba has not been able to play. Case is not coming back till at least January. Um, we don't really know what a fully fit Juventus side can do. Um, so it's hard to say. In regards to this game, this was definitely entertaining if you're a neutral. Um, quite a shocking result from the VAR. I think it was ruled that Kondreva actually kept everyone half a meter onside. Um, this is, it's an interesting case. Um, this can be huge in deciding not just the Champions League spots, but also in the relegation fight. So we will see what happens down the line if this game ends up being, or this that call ends up being, uh, crucial in the league table by the end. 
Yeah, and a lot of people have been calling for the head of Max Allegri. Do you think that, you know, and obviously this is more a financial reason why I feel like it would be very, very difficult for Juventus to get rid of them. And I feel like, who would they bring in, right? So it's like a lot of people are calling for Allegri to be sacked, overreaction, or something that they legitimately need to consider. It's something to consider, but the other question is, if you sack Allegri, who comes in? Okay, Thomas Tuchel is available, but he's, I would believe, to be more of the same. He's also a very defensive manager, and this team has an issue with consistently being able to call up players, problems with creativity. You have guys like Miretti, Paradis is just brought into the team, and they're doing a great job with ball progression and creating chances, but... It's in one hand, yeah, I can see why fans would be frustrated. On the other hand, I don't think it's that easy of a solution to resolve. Yeah, I think they need to just ride out the Allegri experience here, and I think they need to focus on. First of all, they need to figure out how to get Bavisper, and I know it's tricky when. You know, obviously, the midfield isn't anywhere close to the midfield we've seen in the past from Juventus when they were on their absolute run of dominance in the league. And, and then trying to, I mean, look, Marquisio, Pirlo, like generational players, you can't just replace them. But in the case of Juventus, you know, and the way the structure of these leagues work, one major slip up and you set your club back incredibly, incredibly far, right? If they missed the Champions League just once, the financial and quite frankly, just financial ramifications and just quite frankly, the embarrassment of that could absolutely sink them, you know? And there's always a the thing like, look how Milan and Inter fell off into their, you know, their, their, their banters, you know, as we say, um, you know, Juventus really has a lot of pressure to perform. Right? Especially given they've won more titles in the league than anybody. Like their standard is success. So right now, like all the embarrassment, the memes online about the way they play and Allegri, like they gotta they gotta remember who they are, right? And the players on the pitch like have to play and make up for their lack of talents. Like look at what Milan does, right? They have deficiencies in the squad, but they punch above their weight. And you know. How much like we saw them against PSG in the Champions League? Like they fought hard. They came back after getting absolutely, you know, trounced by by the world class players that PSG had. They were able to fight back. And Kenny scores the header like he's so good at doing, and then they make it a game. So it's like some of the times it's just mentality, right? Like picking yourself up and fighting, and fighting to the end. And I feel like a lot of it too. Like when you have deficiencies in your squad, you have to make up for it with mentality. And it's hard to see like. You know, losing Chiellini, um, for example, like the leadership to provide that mentality, like that's not as much, you know, Bonucci's still there, but he's not fit all the time. He misses matches. So who's providing that mentality? It doesn't feel like that's coming from Allegri either. So if we want to talk about tactics, we also need to talk about mentality. And and neither is there for this defensive side right now. And, and it's kind of just... They're not the intimidating side they went for. You don't fear playing them. As much as they can always play you to a tough defensive draw, you just don't fear playing them in the way you want to. And they've just lost their, their roar. 
The Lions lost their roar, and they really got to find a way to get back, and I don't know. Um, but I think they'll be in the push for top four. But if there's, if there's a season where they are going to miss out and have that catastrophic finish, it could be this just how good and competitive the league is this season. And today, Monday, spared us no uh, no day off from, from match day six. We saw a very interesting, competitive match between Roma and Empoli. Um, we know Roma, after signing Paolo Dybala from Juventus as a free agent, to fortify their attack, in addition to Tommy Abraham and Pellegrini. Unfortunately, Zaniolo got hurt again. Uh, hopefully, we'll see him back at some point. But you see Dybala come out today, score this banger of a goal. Um, see Tommy Abraham score, ran all the way three-quarters of the pitch, and Dybala finds him on the left side of the goal, hammers it in. Um, good stuff offensively. But if you watch this game and you saw it, they had a lot of struggles defensively. Satriano had two chances. The young Italian had two chances to finish on him, and he missed out. Roma missed a penalty. Pellegrini skied a penalty off. And, you know, Roma has a lot of hype. A lot of people were talking about them winning the Scudetto this year, which, you know, I, I think was, you know, after winning the Conference League last year, the Roma fans are hungry for success. They won once. They want to win more. I think the ceiling for them is top four. But it's going to be very difficult because, to me, like I said, you already see Zaniolo get hurt. I mean, Dybala's been prone to injury. You know, can he play a full season in his top-class form that I've seen in the past from him? How how much is their defensive liability? Like, in a similar situation to last year, like, can they, can they score more goals? to the point where, where if they have a bad defensive day, made up for it. I, I just don't believe in it. I, I think they have a good shot at top four. I don't think they're going to find success in the Europa League. They can get out of the group, but you know, maybe they'll go back down to the Conference League and compete for that again. You know, But uh, that's really where the ceiling is. I don't buy anybody who wins this season saying they're a title-winning team. Um, with all due respect to Mourinho and his legacy and the great players that Roma has, they are not there yet. They have to solidify themselves defensively and add more depth in order to do that. Yeah, I um, I absolutely agree with in regards to the top four. Uh, in regards to the Europa League, I do think there is enough quality there to win. Uh, a lot of teams tend to not take the Europa League seriously, and if Mourinho is a manager who likes to win uh, trophies. So I do think they can be a dark horse in the Europa League. But there is the old saying, I don't want to butcher that, good offense wins you games and good defense wins you titles. And Roma's defense was not reinforced as well as their midfield and their attack. They did phenomenal in the transfer window, signing, like you said, Tibala on a free, Belotti is the backup to um, Tammy Abraham at striker, uh, and bringing in some golden oldies like Nemanja Matic. Unfortunately, Gini Wijnaldum got injured, and he's going to be out for a couple more months. Um, these are great additions to a team, though, and these are teams and these are players that can build a team up to win titles. Do I think it'll happen this year? No, I think bringing in one or two quality center backs to compete with Ibanez and Mancini and Smalling, then we start to see Roma maybe in that conversation a little more realistically. The introduction here, but uh, moving on in conversation. To the match of the defending champions, AC Milan. 
as you know, they faced a struggling Tampalo managed Sampdoria side towards the bottom of the table. And this match provided them a lot of difficulty. And as we know, the defending champions um, have a lot of tremendous talent. Offensively, Tamori Kalulu, Teo Hernandez, up from the attack, the midfield, you know, Young, Finale, Benacera, Real up in the wing. And then with uh, the veteran striker, Olivier Giroud, who has just been so clutch and providing a lot of great moments and goals for them. Um, the issue that's starting to show here for the defending champions is, however, the lack of depth they possess um, in the midfield, having to start Tomas Ortega. Um, and although Junior Macias had scored a goal in this match, right, the quality of the right wing position is just not up to par with a Champions League and Scudetto winning quality. And you know, these issues are going to be the biggest obstacle, as they were last season, right? Milan won the title in spite of their flaws, not um, because they were perfect squad. And no one's perfect, but they're a team that really, really has to overcome and work around their flaws. Um, and they were able to do it successfully last season. But right now, the congestion, the calendar, is really putting a strain. And in this match, um, they really, really had a fight, right? And they had scored a goal, they were up, and then they scored two, and VR disallowed it. It was a very controversial call. But they were, and then they go down a man with Leal being red carded, uh, which is going to create a challenge for them next week, having to play Napoli without Leal, the star winger. Um, so there's a lot of headaches in this match. But despite that, they're able to get a penalty. Giroud absolutely nails it, and they win the match. Um, and that kind of shows there's a toughness, a grittiness from the Milan side. And that's exactly why they're able to be competitive. Since the restart after, you know, the beginning of the COVID pandemic, they have just been a totally new team. Stefano Pioli. And very, very interesting to watch. But their side with, with a lot of questions. So I want to take it to you, Sal, here and say, what do you think about Milan's squad, and and do they have what it takes to once again overcome lack of depth and weakness in certain positions in order to make a push at the title and to move forward with this season? Yeah, um, Milan's team, Milan's depth is pretty shocking considering um, they were champions and did not make any significant improvements in the squad regarding the transfer window. Um, I know they were just bought out by, I believe it was Redbird Capital. It's whoever owns the Yankees. Um, So maybe in the future, we'll see more investment in upcoming windows, but um, holding out the whole window just to sign uh, Dicatelari, Dicatelari, however you say his name. Um, And while he was a a fantastic signing, still leaves a lot of holes that were not plugged into the team. Um, Junior Macias and uh, Sally Makers are fine options to have, but not really good enough options for starting right wingers for a champion league team and a title contending team in any top four league. So to not um, invest in another right winger is um, 
it's pretty surprising and it's uh it's kind of disappointing to see um i still believe they're in the race outside of kessier leaving and adding into ketelar it is pretty much the same team um and Rafael Leao, the MVP of last season, is doing fantastic. Three goals and three assists in six games. Um, losing him for Napoli is going to be quite a struggle. And that's the game that can actually decide the entire Scudetto. So we'll see what happens then. Um, but I wouldn't count Milan out. You're still unbeaten. Four wins, two draws. Um, I think you'll still have a good season. But I think Milan benefited a lot from crashing out of the Champions League and crashing out of Europe altogether and not having as congested of a schedule. And with the rescheduled World Cup, alongside having to balance the Champions League and pushing to get out of that group, it might be a tougher season. And a couple injuries and suspensions could really derail Milan this year. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's the case um, for everybody, but... For Milan, it's especially um, just one injury could be absolutely catastrophic for this team, right? If you lose just one of those high-impact players just because of that lack of depth. Um, so they're a team that's kind of like, can they keep getting away with not trying to strengthen the squad to where they need to go? Because the thing, if they make just – one, two, three more signings of really good quality and, and kind of add some depth to the midfield, add that right winger. This is an incredibly good team. And as good as all the pieces are, they're not done growing. And that's the thing that makes them a really interesting project to look forward to because they are incredibly young. You know, Outside of the striker position with Giroud, they are so young. And if they can make the fortifications necessary, they could be dominant in the league for years to come. But it's all about right now, and they're still gritty. They're still tough. There's that purely magic going on. They're winning games, fighting hard. And I think they have the ability to continue punching up, fighting hard, and they're going to stay in contention, I think, for a good portion of the season. And they have just as good a shot as anybody is repeating as the Italian champions. Um, but it's going to be incredibly, incredibly tough for them to do. But as we can say, Pioli's new line is very, very tricky. And and I think they're really just probably the most interesting team to, to watch in regards to the full dynamic of, of their situation on the pitch. Um, and the young players they have are phenomenal. And it just—it's good to have both Milan teams back competing at the top of the table. It just makes the league so much stronger, and plays into that important history. I mean, how great have these derbies been in the last two seasons? Yeah, these top tier matches—we've gotten some phenomenal derbies. Del Maradona, absolutely. And that's really, really benefiting the game. And I think any neutral who's coming and observing—if you're not a fan of the Serie A—yeah, I last week, really awesome match. Um, and it's good to see all the parity going on right now. And, and the Milan sides are, are both part of it. But um, So we'll see moving forward um, if we're going to have another title race in the city of Milan. Absolutely. Looks like we will. So you know, moving on, a really interesting 
speaking of, of, of interesting dynamics, right? It has to do with the, the nearby side from Bergamo uh, in Aran, Rodea, in that sense that you know, they've been this, this team that looks for cheap talents all around the world and makes really, really good signings, doesn't spend crazy amount of money, focuses on scouting and development, and they've overachieved. And we saw them make good runs in the Champions League. You see them scoring insane amount of goals domestically. And then last season, they come out and they crash out of the Champions League, go down to Europa League, can't make the run there. And then they come out and finish outside of Europe, don't even qualify for the conference league. And now everyone's sitting here saying, I don't know, it's done, they're finished. And now they come into this season with no European matches to play, Europa League Conference, none of them. Nothing to play midweek. All they have to do is focus on this area. And here they are with, I've been to match A6 with the same amount of points as Napoli and Milan in the top three positions. But they really, really set themselves back with a painful draw to newly promoted side Cremonese. And it took them a really, really long time to find the goal in this match. Coming in the 70th plus minute, Demiral with a header, with some peace, and they weren't able to hold on. And they can see late and really, really disappointing result in the Matinee early matchup. And their team, I think, now, you know, I don't know what to think. You know, part of me is like, okay, this isn't the same out of Atlanta. They're not going to score 90 goals this season, right? Uh, Zapata's dealing with injuries. They don't have Ivicic. Um, but I've seen the emergence of Coop Miners coming, scoring a lot of goals so far this season in the midfield. Um, but there's no clear forward who's going to score them a ton of goals right now. And that doesn't change. I think it's going to be very difficult for them to keep. Uh, a top four pace, but I think they have a very solid defensive back line. Um, if Coop Miners continue to be a force, I think they're going to be competitive this season, and I think they could make a play for the top four. I wouldn't say this is a title-winning team. If they couldn't do it in the past with the squad that they had, I just I, I, I don't see that happening. But I do think they are in play for the top four. If one of these sides that are favorited um, are going to you know, throw out and, and miss it. So I'm just curious what you think about Atalanta and where they're going. Yeah, you couldn't have really said it better. They are really an enigma this season. They did manage to hold on to some solid players like Demiral, Jamisti, Hatibor. Um, we thought Malinovsky was leaving and he ended up staying. Um, if that will, if he'll stay till past January, it's really up in the air. Um, yeah, I really don't know what to think of them. I didn't expect them to be unbeaten at this point in the season. Um, it seems like, like you said, Zapata struggling with injuries. Morial hasn't gotten going yet. Um, yet they're still up there. They're not losing their games. They're winning more than they're lo- than they're drawing. Ah, I really don't know. They do have a, an advantage this season of their razor thin squad does not have to deal with. Uh, European football and they just can focus on the league and the Coppa Italia so I don't expect them to maintain this 
but I also didn't expect them to be at this point currently. So we will see. Um, yeah, if Gasparini doesn't lose the locker room, because it seems like more and more frequently we keep hearing stories about him falling out with players. We, it was the first time we heard about it with Papu Gomez, and he ended up leaving. Now we're hearing Malinovsky, and we've heard it with several other players before. So it it seems like if everything comes together, they can do well. But who really knows? I don't even think they do, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, I think nobody knows what to expect about Atlanta moving forward. And I think they're just a totally different looking Atlanta, and they're more focused defensively. I mean, they've only conceded three goals so far in six matches. I, I think that's a league best. I believe that's a league best. So they've become more defensive focused side and Napoli, Milan, Inter, uh, even Udinese scoring more goals so far than they have. So there's more defensive focus, and it's really interesting. Um, see them deal with that change and if that change and a total new identity might just be what they need in the absence of uh, of forward attacking options scoring them a ton of goals so now uh, you know, to, and as I mentioned you know, a big surprise this season in the, in the first couple of weeks has been Rines. I mean this is a side that, that was kind of sucked into the relegation had a late surge and was able to fend it off they changed managers a couple of times Firing Luca Gotti last season, bringing the trophy. And now they take a very interesting path in the managerial department. And they hire Andreas Sotil, who was the manager of Serie B side Ascoli last season, who was able to get them to the playoffs. And so far, they're reeling. They have 13 points. They have four wins and a draw and only one loss. They have 12 goals. Yeah, Udinese were not on my radar to be at this position at all. Um, I was really expecting more of the same, more of that mid-table mediocrity. Uh, But when you look deeper at the squad, they do have quite a few good players. They have Udalki, even though Spurs have bought him. They have him for the season. Uh, They have guys like Pereira, who has quite a few assists. Um, Yeah, it's not a bad team. It's just... Shocking to see them where they are right now. Uh, much like Atalanta, do I expect them to maintain this? No, I think eventually they'll it might catch up to them and they'll drop back down to the upper mid-table and continue to fight for the Europa League. But them beating Roma 4 nothing, it tells me they can pull some points on the top sides. You really don't know what to expect from them. And I think if they get underestimated, they'll end up maintaining a higher position. Yeah. And I think in this case, you know, they were down one nil, they got a red card and then they come back and smash us in the last, you know, third of the match and score three goals unanswered, win the match three one. And, you know, Fiorentina's squad last year, and obviously a lot of this was driven, the success was driven by having Vlavic in the first half of the season. Before uh, his departure to Juventus, but you know everyone wants to be the new Fiorentina, and I think you know we saw last year like Bologna, Empoli. We saw a couple of years ago Cagliari had this run where they started off really, really hot, and everyone was like, maybe they could be the surprise European contender. 
you know, it's hard to tell right now. We see mid-table clubs do this. So Tolery, I didn't say Udinese is going to come back to the top portion of the table like they've been in the past. Um, obviously, that's an overreaction, but I think Andreas Sotil deserves a ton of credit for what he's doing with the squad. Um, he's committed to 3-5-2, utilizing wing backs, and then getting the ball in to, to the young Portuguese striker Beto. And just, they just crushed us all the way. And it was, it was very, very entertaining to watch. Um, and speaking of, of Fiorentina that we had mentioned, um, you know, everyone wants to replicate what they did last season going from lower mid-table to European qualification. Fiorentina's had a struggle to start this season. They have not been getting results. They, they lost a tough one, two, two to one, got a red card to Bologna, who was playing with an inter-manager after the, the firing of Sinisa Mihalovic. Um, where do you think they're headed? Do you think that Fiorentina had a, a one-off season and they're going to go right back down to the mid-table? And what do you think that Genzo Italiano can get them rolling despite the, the – uh, uh, I think the biggest problem is lack quality at strike. Yeah, I actually definitely expected more of Fiorentina at this point. Uh, signing Luka Jovic was um, – was, I still think it's a very good signing. Maybe he just hasn't hit the ground running yet. But he's not really up there on the top scorers. So, yeah, not looking too great. Um, it, on paper, this is a side that should easily get seventh place. Um, I don't really know what to say. Their defense isn't that great. Milankovic is good. Biragi is good. But I don't really think it's um, they have stellar defenders. Um, their midfield seems good. Bonaventura's Got quite a few goals, it seems, this season. But, yeah, Italiano is a fantastic coach, too. I don't really know what the problem is. Maybe they're just fine, but everyone else seems to be overperforming around them. It's it's a situation that I really can't figure out. Um, I don't know what to expect. If Udinese start to drop off, if Atalanta start to drop off, maybe they sneak into one of those top seven sides. If not, they could easily hover between 8th and 11th with their current form. Yeah, I think the problem for them is they've done some bad business. Yeah. You know, they sold Vlahovic, um, you know, they sold Chiesa. Uh, they've lost that. And then what they do with their money, they spent 30 million euros on Arthur Cabral from the Swiss League, who's a forward. And they go and sign Jonathan Icone from 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 Lille, and thirty million euros on those two players, and they have not made contributions in the attack. I, mean, I think Icone only has has one goal in twenty two matches, and and Cabral has not produced a striker position for them. So they haven't properly replaced Chiesa. They haven't properly replaced Slavic, and that's just devastating. So. It's not even with the funds that they have, they can't replace their talent even to anywhere close. And, and obviously, finding a Vlahovic and Chiesa is, is incredibly difficult to do because you're talking about incredibly class players. But they haven't found their ability to even create any production out of the positions they've had to replace. And it's going to be very difficult. I, I think they're I, I think they're going to struggle this season. I think mean, they're going to finish somewhere more close to 10. 
I, I have kind of fallen off this train. I don't believe in it much. And uh, I don't know. I think they're I think they're in some trouble here. But it will be interesting to see how they perform in the conference league. They've already kind of uh, they've already kind of hit a nail there as well. Can they get out of their group? They've got a lot of problems, and and they have to you know Vincenzo Tayon has been a very very impressive coach so far, but he's got a lot to do to try and get the squad rolling in the attack. Absolutely, one win in six matches is pretty yeah. unacceptable. Yeah, and to move forward, I think now we see the teams that are outside of the top four um, that would love to get in there. But right now they're on the outside looking in. We saw Lazio win a 2-0 victory over Verona, which was very good for them. Um what do you think about Lazio on the Saudi on, on the Saudi second year? Do you think they're do you think they have the ability to make that top four push, or do you think that they're they're more in there? What we saw last year, five or six place finish. Right now, they beat Inter. They, they they're getting some good results. What, what do you think? They've uh, yeah, they've gotten some good results. They can definitely get into that top four side. Would I bet on them? I don't think so. I still think Inter, Milan, Napoli, Roma, and Juve are all better than Lazio. Um, But they can do it. They have a great squad. They have probably one of, if not the best midfielder in the world, with Sergei Milinkovic-Savic, who is currently the top sister in the league, joint top sister link, sorry, with four assists tied with Pereira. Um, He and Immobile have had a great partnership uh, lots of that midfield is starting to gel. You know, Sari is definitely a coach that needs time. Uh, he's not a quick results manager. He is a build a foundation for the long term type of manager. And I think with the quality midfield that Lazio has, like guys like SMS, guys like Luis Abarto, um, yeah, they could build something and uh, end up pushing for uh, an upper spot. I would bet on them taking that Europa League spot personally. Um, but it's not out of the realm of possibility, you know. Uh, Immobile has been one of the top scorers and the top scorers several times uh, over the last couple of years in Italy. So it's anything is possible. You never really know. Yeah, I think they're one of those sides similar to Napoli, where it's kind of like, and and right now, you know, Napoli obviously looks better positioned to make a run for the title than Lazio, but. Lazio is one of the sides that I think you have a hard time believing in, pulling off extra, extraordinary results. I mean, they have some defensive question marks. You know, they signed Alessio Romagnoli um, from Milan, which is boyhood uh, club. But, you know, that comes with a lack of speed. You know, a player like Romagnoli comes with a lack of speed and things like that. So we know they can score goals. I mean, Felipe Anderson and Luis Alberto have been great to supplement Immobile and, and SMS. But I think if they can play good... Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like what you were listening to, please subscribe to Fans Assemble. And if you can, please give us a rating. Do it for the audio world. They need you.